The Jet Set Breakfast. Music, culture, lively and critical discussions on SAFM. 20 to 9 and it's time for word domination. You know how it works. This is where we're looking at books, at words and much, much more. Now, over the past week, I've been thinking a lot about monarchies, whether they're anachronistic or obsolete. Why do we still have them? They are part of a very ancient history, not just in the UK, but globally and even here at home. So I was thinking about how do we use the learnings from the past without throwing the baby out with the bathwater. And I think that Nokolinda Mkise's book, Ancestry, Ancient Lessons for Modern Life, is a good example of how this can be done. As it's described, it's a roadmap for the future using the learnings of the past. I love this book, not just because it offered some really insightful thoughts about how we can approach things like health and love in the modern world, but also because of how it touches on the role of heritage and ancient principles. I almost felt that all South Africans in their teens should be given this book as part of their rite of passage. It would be something that uh, they should deliver to kids in schools. It really has that value. It teaches ethics, the power of community, and more as addressed in some chapters about the hard knock life, the difficulties of adult life. So we do have, uh, uh, we're looking, we do have Nokolinda on the line to talk about this particular book. Nokolinda, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me, Michelle. So, you know, um, what, what, I, what I really liked about this book was, uh, and it started with the, the starting of reading, was where you spoke about the principles of the world that you work in, but the world that we all live in as well. And you are a Sangoma, and you open the book by explaining what this means. And let me just state to our listeners, not how it is done, that is a private affair, but what it means to Ukutwasa and become a Sangoma. Just uh, talk us through those first chapters, that uh, really beautiful first chapter into the principle. Well, I've opened the book and the story by just taking it very much back to the basics yeah. of what is Umundu, what is personhood, and what does that mean in the greater context of community and what that has meant for me in my personal life as somebody that has obviously grown up in very, um, you know, like very rural communities and then also has gone on to become a Sangoma myself. So I speak about, you know, the boundaries of personhood and the obligations of personhood. And I also talk about the differences between understanding, you know, what is, secretive, what is closed, what is sacred, what is protected, so that people understand mm. that when we're talking about personhood, Ubuntu and Abandu, we are talking about institutionally what it means to be a human being, what it means to be a person, and the obligations and the rights that we all have as upholding that institution of humanity for ourselves and for each other. You know, you talk about personhood, but in the book you also talk about the the restoring the integrity of our humanity. And I was very touched by that line. I thought that given where we are today, the challenges not just in this country, but globally as well, this idea of restoring the integrity of our humanity is something actually that is critical. Talk to us about that. When I talk about restoring the integrity of humanity, I mean... Just that, you know, restoring care, restoring love, restoring respect to people 
Because now as people, it's become, okay, you know, who are you? Which is exchangeable with what do you do? How much are you worth? What do people think of you? What are you wearing? Where did you go to school? Where do you live? You know, what is your like tangible economic worth? And what is your output? But to be a person is not to just be a sum of your output and your, your economic or educational achievements. To be a person is just to be. Mm. And so when I talk about restoring the integrity of our humanity, it's to say, let's go back to that understanding of what is the mood? What does it mean to recognize another person for who they are and be recognized and be dignified yeah. as a person without all of those things of having to qualify our humanity? Are you black? Are you white? Are you female? Are you male? You know, what are your, you know, what are your labels? What are you worth? And those kind of things, because it's gone so much into that direction that we actually just forget a basic, simple thing of like we're all just breathing on this earth. You know, it's so interesting what you say about the output of of, of where we come and go and that kind of thing. And in business, there's this thing called the theory of change, and it talks to output, but above output is impact. And perhaps yes. perhaps it is about saying, well, we're not just looking at what your output is. You know, your output is that you work 10 hours a day, you do this, whatever the case may be. But what is your mm-hmm. impact, which then starts to talk about your purpose and your role and that kind of thing. So I love that. Uh, Nokalinda, you, you, the thing I really also enjoyed about this book is this idea that um, the idea of the role of community as an intergenerational force Yes. Tell us about that. It's, it's, you know, it's such a basic thing, but it's so foreign. Mm, exactly. This, you know, we live in quite a fragmented world now where the nuclear family, mom, dad, 2.4 kids has become the thing, or, you know, this person is single, this person is divorced or whatever, and there's no realization or sense of responsibility towards understanding that community is not just people getting along, but it's also people just working towards one goal, which is to be together while we figure this mess out on the planet, you know? And when I talk about the intergenerational aspects of community, I'm not talking only about age, grandmothers and aunties and all of that, but I'm talking about people that have been through different phases of life, you know? So in the workplace, there are generations that precede the next. Mm. In friendships, there are different types of generations, you know, because humanity goes through stages and phases and cycles, and we have to respect the, the experience, the, the, the time, the learning, the wisdom that comes with all of those cycles, regardless of age, regardless of social designation, but also because of age and social designation, and be able to respect that, yeah. you know? And I do talk about in the book this obsession with youth and saying that, like, young, you know, youth, and the, the, the vitality of youth is where it's at without realizing that young people also need a chance to yeah. become more than that yeah. and to grow beyond that. Exactly. And to also get to a stage where we can respect the youth for their vitality and their rebellion and their energy and, you know, their, their challenging what, and, and how, you know, how young people challenge things and how young people figure things out. But we also have to give room for time yeah. and respect. The, the power of time and what it does in people's lives and in people's experiences. I mean, it was interesting because even as I, I thought about it of com- as community, as intergenerational, I started to think that we can take intergenerational even further as mm. the community of those of the ancestors that are part of that community and indeed those that are not yet born as well. Absolutely, absolutely. And in Isindu, you know, in African cosmological belief and view, there is utmost respect for those that have walked before us and left us a legacy of mistakes and wisdom. 
Mm. Yeah. And there's also a, a respect for those who are still to come because when we're living on this earth, we are saying that we're borrowing this earth from those who are still coming. Yeah. You yeah. know, and so we have a responsibility to leave this earth better than how we found it because we're borrowing it from those who've come, but we've learned from those who've been before us. So to be present in our humanity is not just a matter of being here today, but it's a matter of saying we know that we've borrowed this world from those who are coming and we've inherited it from mm. those who have, left, who have left it behind for us in their wisdom, in their limitations, in their mistakes, and in everything that they've brought. Everything that they have done as our ancestors before us have brought us to this place and we have a responsibility to take it forward so that those who are coming can also have a chance. Yeah. You know, Nokalinda, um, I mentioned in my review that I think that this is a book that all young people should be given as they move towards adulthood. Um, I mean, and I love the fact at the end of the book you have like this epilogue where one can just write notes, which is just absolutely brilliant. So you can really use this as a learning tool. And the reason I think it's so valuable is because I think that there's so much that is so hard to learn nowadays. I'm even thinking of ukushela. It's a very traditional courtship practice. And how does it find a place in the world today? And I, I wonder when you made the, when you wrote this book, did you think this could go to young people to help them align what is very traditional, but also what is now and right now as well as they move forward? When I wrote the book, you know, it was after I wrote the book that I realized that actually, like, young people can also read this book. I was writing it from the perspective of dealing with older people that have had that deficit of not having anybody to tell them or show them or allow them, you know, or challenge them to participate in communities where there is still the practice of Ugushela and there is still, you know, Ingoma and Ugukoma and understanding what is the role of having to sit in the kitchen and peel. With mm. and you know, what is the benefit of that? What is the benefit of young boys being around their peer groups, you know, at family gatherings and ceremonies? What is the benefit of December holidays when everybody's sleeping on the, uh, you know, on the floor at Goko's house? What hmm. is the benefit of that? Yeah. What is the benefit of all of this intergenerational participation of cultural exposure? You know, what is the benefit of it? And having been a Sangoma and lived and worked in the city for over a decade, I realized that as I was writing the book, that I'm writing this book for people that didn't get the chance and are not giving themselves the chance. Well, I want to say that uh, whilst, um, you know, I've loved it. I absolutely loved this book. And I felt like it was a great learning as well for me. And I think that uh, for people who are saying, oh, but this is not my culture or my tradition, I would say read it because then you learn about culture and tradition that may not necessarily be yours, but you can learn from it and walk in those footsteps as well. I I agree, Michelle. It may not be your specific culture, but everybody can learn something about how people understand and articulate their humanity in relation to the humanity of others. Particularly on this continent as well. Nokalinda, we have to go, but I want to just ask you, it is self-published, which means that where do people get it? So for now, people can get the book. So if you're overseas, you can get it on Amazon.com. Mm. If you're in South Africa, then you go on my Instagram yeah. and you just find the button that says uh, shop. And you okay. click on there and then it'll take you through to my website and then you order it like that. But it is also at Clark Bookshop in Cape Town and also at Book Circle Capital in, in Melville. Oh, great. Yeah. Okay. It's at Book Circle Capital in Melville and Club a Bookshop in Cape Town. Clark. And um, Okay. And then just, oh, Clark. Sorry, Clark's. What am yeah. I saying? Um, 
And then just quickly give us your Instagram uh, ha- tag. Instagram L-I-N-D-A-M-K-H-I-Z-E. And then you just find the button on my page and you buy the book like that. Fantastic. Well done. This is something that, as I say, it's like almost like a little tool book that one oh, can th- just keep and like make notes at the end. I really, really, really enjoyed it. Thank you so much. Thank, thank you so much for that feedback as well. I really appreciate knowing that. Thank you so much for so. <laughs> and say story. Ancient Lessons for Modern Life by Nokolinda Mkiza. Um, as I say, this is going to be something that uh, I know that I'll keep going back to learning, reading, learning new um, terms, uh, Zulu terms that I hadn't been aware of and much, much more. Definitely, if you want to learn more about how to, to deal with this modern world, this is a book to get to.